0: Today's episode is sponsored by EPM. EPM is passionate about helping their clients succeed. From the very beginning, they set out to be different from other companies. Their diverse team of experts working in a collaborative entrepreneurial culture brings fresh thinking and creative solutions every day. They live and breathe their brand's mission and vision. EPM is all about empowerment, and through it all, they will continue to offer top financial service, communication, and assistance to the communities they serve. Hey, brokers. It's Mark Summers, president of EPM. I'm excited to announce that I will be the new host of Ames podcast, Broker to Broker. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators, just like me. Download today, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome, everyone, back to another uh, edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. Uh, My name is Mark Summers. I'm the president of AIM. Uh, Honored, blessed to be the host of season two here. Uh, We've already hopped into a couple of them uh, this year. And listen, I'm learning a ton from these. These things are going great Uh, it, it, it enhances even more why I tell people to get into these podcasts, because you know, one thing I've always said is there's a million right ways to do this business. I used to say a thousand, but I really think it's a million right ways to do this business. Now you can tailor it to yourself and who else better than to talk about what, what he does. Uh, so today I am with the broker owner of the Soka lending group. I have the broker owner here, Mike Soka. Mike, thanks for uh, joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Mark. Excited to be here.
0: Good deal, good deal. So no, we're gonna we're gonna hop right into it. I've heard a lot of great things about you. Now it's it's gonna be our goal to get it out to all of our members. I know you're doing great things. So you know what one of the, one of my most favorite things about this is not only learning about how so many people do their the the business differently, or how they kind of market, or how what their culture is, whatever the case may be. I love hearing about how people got started into this industry because I am pretty sure when I grew up, I didn't, one, didn't even really know what a mortgage was, but the number two, I don't remember any of my friends talking to me about becoming a mortgage broker or loan originator. So tell, give me a little background. Tell me, tell me how you got into the business and you just go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having me, by the way, Mark. So I started right out of college in the bank. So I worked for Citibank Retail for a very long time. And I was not doing mortgages at first. So I started out as a personal banker and I was working in Washington, D.C. I actually was working for Citibank while I was going to graduate school. Uh, I was going to graduate school at night and I was in a branch and there was this woman and her name was Ms. Judy Harwood. And she was possibly the most fabulous, most eccentric, most happy person that I've ever met in my life. And so after a couple of weeks of getting to know her, I said, Miss Judy, like, I love you. I'm obsessed with you. How do I be you one day? And she was she was the, the mortgage loan originator at that branch. And so she said, oh, honey, why don't you just come sit with me? And why don't I teach you some things? And I said, okay, <laughs> okay, okay Miss Judy. So uh, we did literally every single day, every single day for about six months. I sat with Miss Judy for... Um, at least an hour a day. I sat with her during her her clients and she taught me everything that she knew. Um, She actually ended up retiring after about a year of being together. Um, And I took her spot at the branch um, in retail. And I was at that branch for a very long time. I did a lot of loans for a lot of people. Um, It was a great learning experience. And then from there, um, I did really well They promoted me into management. I oversaw a lot of loan officers, taught them how to be better loan officers. A lot of what I did was through education, especially product knowledge, et cetera. Um, They moved me over to the state of Virginia. Um, I oversaw the state of Virginia for Citibank for operations for a little bit. And then they asked me to help them with a new program that they were bringing over from Asia called City Gold. Basically what that was, was kind of a conglomeration between investments and mortgage and business banking. So it was a very niche kind of program. It did very, very well in Asia. They asked me to bring it over and help tailor that for the United States audience.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty big.
1: Yeah, it was very cool. We ran the initial pilot, which was about 32 branches, uh, East Coast and West Coast. Um, And one thing that... I found along the way, and granted this was early 2000s, uh, mid 2000s when this was going on, was that their tech was bad. Just generally, it was just bad. So I told them, your your tech needs to be improved. And so basically what I expected them to say was, let's hire a company and do that. Instead, what they said was, here's a bucket of money and some people, please make it what you want. So wow. that, that was fun, because I wasn't really like a tech person. Um, but we put it together in about a year. They are still actually using the platform that we kind of rudimentarily put together. Of course, they improved it um, and rolled from there. Um, I actually got a call on my cell phone, uh, not that, well, probably about a year or so after we actually launched that from a guy that I worked with at City, who had moved over to um, nation star, which is now called Mr. Cooper. Yep. And basically they were having some tech issues, et cetera, and needed somebody that with that was a mortgage to me to come in and help them. So they were using what's now Accenture mortgage cadence as their retail platform. So I got a random call on my cell phone saying, hi, you don't know who I am, but would you like to come work for us? So I left city. I started working in for Accenture, mortgage cadence. I worked with a number of retail uh, banks on making their process a little bit more efficient. And then also a lot of efficiency through tech. From there, um, how I kind of got introduced into the broker world was a company that worked with actually AIM um, to build Arrive, which is a lot of, I think a lot of you guys know is a LOS slash POS system that a lot of brokers are starting to use now. Um, I moved over to the one of the companies that was actually helping aim to build the original. So not the one that's there now arrive next, but the original arrive. So I worked on that program. As I was working on that program, I actually remember uh, there was a, a conference in Fort Lauderdale. Where they kind of announced it and went over it, and Katie and Joseph Cali, they got yep. up there and they they went over it, and that was my first real introduction to broker world. Everybody was so happy and so excited, and it just felt like this great big family. That I said to myself, I need to get in and on the party. So I literally, literally was, I came home from that conference just jazzed and excited to be a part of this world. I got my licenses, because with the bank I didn't need to be licensed, right? So I got my licenses. I joined a brokerage that was not mine for a little bit of time. Um, And then I talked to my husband and my husband has a very strong compliance, auditing, et cetera, background. And we just decided let's go for it. Let's let's I have the I have kind of the experience I've managed people. Um, I had a little bit of time to be able to see the difference between retail and broker. And then I worked with a lot of brokers to kind of help to put arrive together. So that being said, the Soka Lending Group was born. Uh, We haven't been around that long. It was actually a year. Well, yeah, about a year ago, January 2020 is when we uh, officially launched. Um, We've done really, really big things, I think, in just one year. Um, And now we're about to be, we're four people big, we're about to be five people big. Um, And so we're growing, we've gotten a lot of great feedback and we'll kind of talk through here, I know, in just a little bit about some of the techniques that we've used, we're licensed in seven states. Um, Yeah, so we're doing great. I've never been happier in my whole life and I'm so excited to be a part of this community.
0: You know that's awesome. I I didn't. I never knew that. I never knew that because of the the. I remember that Fort Lauderdale AIM event. Uh, It was. I loved it. I had fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But uh, no, I remember exactly what uh, uh, segment you're talking about with Katie and Joe up there explaining it. Uh, I remember a lot of people's mouths dropping during that, going, "You're kidding me. This thing's going to do all of this for us." And this is what you've done so far. I mean, it was. uh, No, I, I specifically remember that. That's great. But you're based out of Colorado, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. So we're in Denver, Colorado. Um, we are we have a branch in Houston, Texas. Um, we're licensed in seven states, including right now, uh, Oregon, California, Virginia, DC, Florida, Texas, Colorado.
0: That's great. That's great. And I I love to I love to hear these feel-good stories, you know, just for the mere fact of you were on the dark side at one time as we as I like to call yeah. it. You know exactly. you're on the dark side, and you know one of the, one of AIM's missions, and arguably one of its biggest missions, is to create a community that also helps us gain more market share. And obviously, with you joining, you know the broker side. That's yeah, we're we're doing it.
1: You did it for <laughs> sure. You got me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great. That's great. So no, that's I love hearing people's background because, like I said, you just don't really get to hear about it too much. You know, it's just you see, I see so many successful people. And what I'm trying to do in this and a little background of what I'm trying to do here is I'm just trying to see like, where do, where does everyone come from? And, and the more and more I speak to people, it's, it's, there's no real, real right. one path. It's, it's all over the map. So that's great. Um, okay. So marketing kind of a big thing here, especially with, you know, you're, you're somewhat of a newer broker, as you said, here, you're about a year and some into it, um, marketing, how did you know how to attack marketing? Or did you have a passion for some? What type of marketing do you do? I mean, because you have to have the right personality to do it. You just can't say, you know, I'm going to go market and not have a certain personality to do it.
1: Absolutely. And I so I'm going to bring in a little bit of some of the techniques that I've used in the past, as well as this, just because I think that they're super relevant for your question. Um, So I think marketing, the number one thing that I would say to anybody with marketing is don't do anything that you don't feel comfortable doing. And I think a lot of people think, oh, if I just buy these leads or oh, I don't have a lot Mm. of friends on Facebook or oh, if I just take the UWM pre-canned stuff and just put it on LinkedIn that I've done enough, right? So um, I just wanted to say that don't do anything you don't feel necessarily comfortable doing. So um, my uh, husband and I are obviously part of the LGBTQ community um we i personally have a lot of connections and facebook friends um that are part of this community as well so a lot of our kind of just general uh marketing is really catered to the niche Um, i'll go into some other uh things some other examples for some other brokers that work for us with us um on what marketing techniques that they've been able to use that have also been successful so I would say if you don't feel comfortable doing videos, don't do videos. I think if you feel comfortable in front of the camera, go for it, right? So um, I know that AIM has actually sponsored a number of sessions about, like, certain things to do, not to do with videos. I found especially um, a lot of people don't actually listen to the video, but they'll just stare at it. And so if you (laughs) put the words, literally, like, if you just put the words at the bottom of the video as to what you say, they're going to read it. But if they're not going to, they're just going to kind of watch your face if you don't actually like put the things at the bottom. So I'd say number one is make sure you put that at the bottom. Um, we have joined a lot of Facebook groups within our niche, and I really think that that's very important. And I'll give you some examples. Um, within my niche, there are a lot of real estate groups that cater to the LGBT community. They are direct to realtors. So. Um, for instance, I'm a part of, there's one called Real Pride, it's nationwide, there's another one called Rep. it's a tough name to say, but it stands for the <laughs> National Association of Gay and Lesbian Real Estate Professionals, um, and so we're a part of these Facebook groups, so I would say, you know, to look for groups that already are established and really already exist, join them and just literally introduce yourself. And try to make your introduction like fun, make it tailored to your personality and your style, and make sure that you list what states that you cover. Otherwise you're going to get a lot of people from a lot of states that you might not necessarily be able to to do if you're not licensed in them. And then I would say, just make sure that you add content so you don't have to come up with original content always, but if somebody posts on something and you're just kind of watching out for it, comment, like make sure that you comment, keep it very positive. Um, I think that people wanna work with people that are happy, people that have a good outlook, a really positive outlook. And so I don't really state anything even though you might think it, I don't really state anything negative on any of these things. Facebook, I try not to get into any type of back and forth on Facebook, just kind of factual, fun type things. Um, a lot of things then go kind of off onto messenger. So I just literally see somebody that I think might have the question instead of just putting it on the actual. Group comment. I literally like double click on their name and send them a messenger. And then within the actual comment, I say, just sent you private message. Cause otherwise they might not check their quote unquote other Facebook message. And that's been very, very successful for me to just be able to reach out for people that I don't know. And I also look to make sure that they are kind of in the States where I am licensed. So it might be a good fit. And I've met a lot of realtors through just Facebook messenger off of these groups that I've literally never met in person, literally never met in person. And they've just started sending us referrals.
0: Um, Really? So you've never, you've never met these people before and they're that's amazing
1: in multiple States amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's been just really big for us and it's just not being afraid to literally double click their name and just introduce yourself to the side on messenger. I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's been <laughs> working for us. <laughs>
0: yeah. Who cares? I mean, at that time, sometimes, sometimes simple is the way to go. On yeah. All this. And and sometimes we're not willing to put ourselves out there, but that Facebook feel when people can go check your profile per se and mm-hmm. kind of get a feel for what you are, kind of puts down that barrier.
1: Yeah, so a couple more things to bring up. Number one is what you just said, right? Like we have, Soka Lending Group has a Facebook page and we have have reviews on the Facebook page. I post when a realtor posts something great about us or a closing or when somebody writes us something, like I post on the actual business page to try to keep it up and a little bit fresh. And so that way, because everything is so kind of Facebook connected, they are probably going to look at you on Facebook um, so as long as they see that you're like real and not some <laughs> facade, then they're going to feel a lot more comfortable with you to be able to have a chat with you kind of on the side. So that's number one. Um, Mark, I did want to touch on something else that I, I brought up. So
0: it's your, floor, other, go. it's your floor. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so one of my other LOs um, who's doing a great job, he's actually a newer LO um, new to the business. He has, just a different niche and so when we kind of talk through like what do you want to do how are you going to get business how are you going to make yourself successful he does what's called in his own personal life he does what's called room by room renting so basically he has um like an investment property and instead of renting out the entire house he rents it out by the room normally to military um and so Basically, he started a Facebook group from scratch. He has a hundred and something friends, that's it, on Facebook. So it's not like he has this huge, um, this huge following. He just started a Facebook group about other people doing room-by-room type rentals. Um, and then from there, he was able to find people that did it, people invited other people, et cetera. And uh, very proud of him, but within a couple months, He had almost a thousand members in something because this was something that like was just a topic that he liked and he was adding content, et cetera. So now what he and I are working on together, but he's doing a lot of is okay, well, what really appeals to these to this group? Well, it's investment, right? Like it's investment prop. how do you get more? So that's the type of content that now he is working on within his own group that he invented himself. To be able to spur business on something that he actually just likes to do just every day before he was even a broker he just likes this just something that he likes to do um so i would really encourage uh people to join facebook groups that about things that they like it doesn't even have to be mortgage specific right just things that they like there's going to be stuff in there add content to it um we are actually hosting our own little virtual happy hour um, within the NAGAREP Facebook group. Um, and we're going to be presenting also some of our products, right? And we'll, I know we're gonna talk about products here in a little bit, but we do offer things like non-QM, things that realtors might not know about. Um, so we're gonna do a little presentation that's very educational so that we can make sure that they get value out of the happy hour. And then we're literally just gonna sit there and drink margaritas on screen.
0: that's perfect there's nothing wrong with that I am fine with that yeah so okay I got a question for you here and you know because I I can see you know a lot of people uh, I'm not trying to say people are are unintelligent or whatever uh, but there is a big difference of okay you join a group okay Uh, you want to get your content out there you want to you know uh, contribute how do you kind of break down that barrier where you start to let people know with what you do I mean you just can't join a group and say I do mortgages does anyone need a mortgage
1: No, absolutely not. So I would say, you can't immediately jump right in, right? Like you have to you have to become a seasoned member of the group. So uh, just comment, just normal stuff. It doesn't have to be about mortgage, like just, it depends on what type of group it is, right? Um, Just add some sort of value, even if it's just saying add a boy or good job or something like that, to where they start to see you as a group member. I think then at some point you're going to see an end, like it it just, it just will present itself. I know that sounds nebulous, but I really think it will. Right. So I think that you can just kind of put it in a comment somewhere. Don't make the full post, but in somebody else's comment um, on their post, just kind of put it in there so that you're able to just kind of gently ease into it. And then once you become, I would say a known, like a more known member within the group, That's when it's time to just kind of burst in there and do something, whether it's a virtual happy hour to where you invite them to or whether you've messaged enough people kind of to the side yourself Mm -hmm. or one of those things. That's when you can really start to kind of put it on there and add your own content. But you're right. Don't burst on there and be like, yeah, look at me.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just, I, you know, and it sounds dumb, but I just don't want people doing that. And, you know, a lot of these groups, what people have to understand is you're not getting into these groups to quote unquote sell mortgages. You, you hit the nail on the head with it. By saying it's, it's your interest. It's what your maybe uh, your second passion is about. And then the mortgages just because, you know, we're good people and the good people always rise, you know I mean? They, it will just come up.
1: Yeah. So how the, the example that I used for my L.O., worked was he literally didn't even tell everybody that he was in L. O. He didn't, he basically, he has it obviously on his Facebook, right? He kind of adds when people are starting to ask questions, he adds here or there. He got the first person that messaged that he messaged to the side really. And then basically they closed on their mortgage and they actually posted and said, Hey, don't know if you know, but the guy who runs this is actually a loan officer and he's actually fantastic. And here's what he did for me. And so Perfect. he didn't even he didn't even brag about himself. It wasn't like that. It was the guy that he actually helped and it was unsolicited. That was kind of the cool thing. Right. Like he didn't ask the guy to do it. The guy just did it.
0: Yeah. Those are the best ones right there. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I did one time and and trust me, there was no. I wasn't trying to sell mortgages or anything. It's just, you know, I sponsored one of my kids' baseball teams and they won a championship at one of the tournaments. And, you know, I still say uh, my kids' team would, would uh, beat JP Hussey's team, but that's a different story. But uh, you know, we, 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 we won a tournament and I just said, you know, so proud of these kids and so proud uh, my company was able to sponsor them, you know? And it was just, boom, I got message after message on it. It was great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I even sometimes will post photos of my dog on my own personal Facebook, but then tag the Soka Lending Group. And it just reminds people, People, a lot of people know me as mortgage, like I've just been kind of doing that my entire adult life, which I I know for new brokers, they don't have that. But it just reminds them. So anything that you can really do to make sure that you put your face in front of them multiple times, right? So it's a little bit different in a group and a little bit different on your own personal page. Um, kind of your messaging, I would encourage people to make sure that their messaging on their personal page isn't a hundred percent only about mortgage, because then people turn you off. So it needs right. to be a good mix, and it really should be things that you really like to do, and then also like what pepper in there what you're doing and how you're successful. Keep it very very positive. I tell my LOs, you know that. Every day is the best day. It just is, and people just want to hear positive things, you know. From people, uh, leave politics off Facebook because that will, that will alienate people. We don't, we don't post anything political at all. Anything that can be controversial, we try to just steer away. It really is kind of like life, mortgages, puppies for us.
0: <laughs> That's a great tagline. You need a shirt made for that one.
1: I'm in let's do it
0: <laughs> All right. the
1: brokers are better store
0: <laughs> oh god yeah um <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get with this, we'll get with the team um okay so you're are you you're mainly fa- mainly or only Facebook for marketing
1: so we've never bought a lead ever like it, it, since city I've never literally bought a lead I would say a lot of what we do is Facebook um obviously we do a lot kind of in our community um, I mean especially in the lgbtq communities in Our major markets, our two biggest markets are Houston, Texas, and Denver. Um, We do have an office in Houston as well. So we will go and kind of meet with the, do the normal stuff, right? Like meet with the realtors. Um, We hold little events when it's not COVID to be able to schmooze um, with them, invite their people kind of thing. So we don't only do Facebook. I would just say during COVID, 90-something percent of our business, and we had a really great 2020. Came from Facebook. A lot of it was literally from people that I have no idea who they are because I literally clicked, double clicked on them, and messaged them and said, "Check your private messages."
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we, we there's no overhead there. It just takes time and it, and it takes a little bit of effort. That's great. All right. So you 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 have your marketing. You get many many of your lead sources uh, through Facebook, meeting mm-hmm. people. that you would never have met before without this social media platform so now we got to start talking about your business model yeah what what is your business model did you you, when you started this you know a year and a half ago ish did you have something in mind and then it switched because of an opportunity or did you know what you were going to go into right away
1: um i mean i think i had a little bit of well, a pretty good idea right Mm -hmm. away don't forget i've been doing this a long time and then also like i did work for another brokerage so i kind of got to see a little bit of what worked, what didn't work. I mean, I think for me, the business, a lot of it is through tech, right? So like we use Mortgage Coach, which looks really cool for putting out like rates, fees, comparisons, stuff like that. So it looks very professional. We have a Calendly system. We try to put everything on the calendar so we're not bombarded kind of throughout the day. Like we put in a lot of tech in the beginning so that we could really streamline the process to make sure we didn't get overwhelmed. So I think that that's that's number one. I think number two is, and I've said this before, um, I believe that brokers are able to give a bigger amount of products to the customer. And I think that that's really just one thing that I hope that more brokers are able to do is add things like non-QM loans, learn about them, add them to the repertoire. It's not gonna, it's not gonna, be for everybody, but at least you have a solution, the banks don't have that. So asset depletion, there's a lot of different products that I think are very important to put into the product set. And that's really something that even if you don't do them, you can say that you have a lot of different things up your sleeve and they're not gonna work for everybody, but a norm, like a normal conventional also isn't just gonna work for everybody. Um, so I think that it's important to kind of diversify I also think it's important to diversify between having more than just a few lenders. I understand the reason why people have their favorites. We have our favorites that we work the best with too. I get it. But I do think that it's important to be able to at least have other options in case there is something that's like a niche mortgage. And when you go and you look and you price it out that you have other options. Um, that mm-hmm. might be a better fit. I mean, especially self-employed borrowers, right? Like I think that there are some lenders that do that better than others. And so I think it's important that we're able to disseminate, you know, where different things are best fit for. So again, we might not use all of our lenders that we have on our list all of the time because we clearly have some that are just a little easier for us to work with. Um, but I think it's important that we have them and that we're able to offer those to our customers as well.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, this is kind of what I tell people, you know. First off, I'm always promoting the broker channel, as you, <laughs> I think you know that. Uh, but, but, but at the same time, you know, I tell them. And at one time, it's just because of the way it happened. You know, at one time, I think I was representing like 16 different lenders at that time. You mm-hmm. know, and I tell people that I represent 16 lenders, which means 16 different rates, which means 16 different possible products that we can get. I mean, we're we're gonna be able to tailor this to you.
1: Yep. So one thing that I always talk about is the difference between a banker and a broker i think it's really important because most people just say well i'm going to go to my credit union kind of thing so just being able to really differentiate and just literally say hey here is what a banker does they have access to their rates their fees um their products etc and maybe you walked into the right bank maybe it was the right place but there is a likelihood that it's not And what we're able to do as a broker is associate ourselves with a lot of different lenders, banks, uh, direct mortgage companies, people that you might not have access to just going on the Internet and just shopping. Um, And we're able to put together a package and be able to say, hey, I reviewed you at X number of lenders. I did the shopping. We use the word shopping. I did the shopping for Mm -hmm. you. And here's what we came back with. And I think a lot of people are very excited to hear, you know, that they got shopped around and that we were able to put together the best package for them. And I would say nine times out of 10, if they did go to insert name of bank here and get some sort of a quote, like we didn't just beat them, we crushed them.
0: That's great. Now, okay. Well, you you brought up QM. Okay. Like, is Is that a majority of your business?
1: You mean non-QM?
0: I'm sorry. I apologize. Non-QM. Yep.
1: No, it is absolutely not a majority of our business. I would say it's probably less than 10%. Um, It is a lot of paper, like actual pieces of paper, (laughs) right? And so that can get a little laborious in terms of filling out pieces of paper. Um, But it's what we found is kind of there's a lot more upfront work. They do, like you fill out the paper, uh, you're not under the TRID rules, right? So you have a little bit more flexibility on some of the things that you can do, like in terms of the CD doesn't necessarily have to be out for three days before you can close. Like there's a lot of different things that you're able to do with bank statement loans and DFCR loans. It really opens you up to investors. That's what I found. Um, a lot of investors love the fact that they could possibly get something to where their dti is not necessarily looked at with a DFCR loan um, they love the fact that some lenders are able to do those interest only so when you talk about cash flowing a property um that's a big thing like they want to put 25 30 percent down because they actually have cash to put down they don't want it to be hard um, they're fine with an interest rate that's like five or six percent, as long as it's interest only, because what they're really looking for are two things. Number one is is the is the property actually cash flowing? And when you look at only paying interest, yes, you're not paying down the principal, but you're also cash flowing property, which was their original goal. But number two is a lot of them are in these markets. I mean, I, I tailor a lot to the metropolitan markets. Um, a lot of them are in the markets where inflation is. I mean, it's the word of 2021 so far. I keep getting these articles. I think it's going to continue 2021, 2022. But also just people are um, doing appraisal gap after appraisal gap. Like prices right now are rising. They want to get in on some of that equity. There's an equity play there. Um, So they're going in, buying some of these rentals, Mm -hmm. doing interest only so that they can uh, hope to get in on that equity play as well.
0: Well, for someone who only does about 10% of them, you know quite a bit about them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, have, we have to make sure we know what we're talking about when we talk to investors because they're very savvy and ask they ask some questions. So,
0: Yeah, no, you know, and the thing about it is, you know, we all have our little boxes that we have and we want to stay in there and dominate in that, you know, but let's just be honest here. In order to serve the greater community, you know, we got to step outside and I don't think we can be scared to do that. As long as, you know, whenever I do a product that I'm not too familiar with, I let the client know, listen, and, and it's, I don't devalue myself at all. I just let them know. I have it available. It's just not my, it's not my niche, but you know what? I'm going to go through it for you. Bear with me. I'm going to get all the details and we'll make it work.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, just dive right in is what I've said before. And I would just agree. I mean, your AEs, especially your non-QMAEs, they are there for you. Uh, they're a little less busy from what I've seen. So they're able to spend a little bit more time with you. And I've even had some that if I am a little nervous about explaining the product, they'll get on the phone with me and just kind of let me do the presentation and then chime in anything that I don't know about their specific product. Like they'll sit on the phone with me and kind of listen in and do it with the customer. So I think that's a little bit of a difference in how to use the AE on non-QM and QM products.
0: No, that's a great point. I mean, they're almost like their own little underwriters. Within reason they they really are. So, okay. So you have your little 10% non-QM. What would you attribute your other 90% ish of, of the business? You know, is it conventional FHA? Where do you go with it?
1: Yeah. So the majority of what we do is is conventional and it's from realtors, right? It's realtor referrals. I don't know these realtors. I want to say that (laughs) one more time. Like I meet them through Facebook and I message them to the side and then like we just kind of strike a conversation about things. And then they just start sending us people. And then we've just gotten referrals from people that we did because we met this realtor. They tell the people within their own real estate brokerage that they had a good experience with us. Like I literally did one non-QM loan for a Keller Williams agent in Austin. And all of a sudden, like he told another one, I didn't end up doing a non-QM loan for the other agent, but he sent me two conventional referrals. So just because i had a different product set i didn't even do the loan for the other person but just because i was a little bit different and then we hit it off on the phone um i have now another realtor at the exact same place and i've been to austin texas exactly one time in my life like five years ago so <laughs> it, it really is just kind of connection through facebook etc but yes we do a majority of conventional loans um w2 i mean i think that we're able to just find them really kind of through the facebook channel just from directly reaching out to realtors on facebook
0: still still blows my mind that you have a realtor set of realtors that you've never met and you just met them through facebook but i would
1: say almost all the realtors i've never
0: met oh my god that's that's pretty amazing but once again goes back to what i said in the extreme beginning here which is there's a thousand right ways to do this you know what i mean and you you found your niche and you went with it
1: yeah so there's one other niche that i didn't even bring up that i just thought of too um so my husband and i we own airbnb properties and so we've also joined i've joined facebook groups about airbnb and so i just kind of Like I said, it's not mortgage, right? I just kind of add content there about like laws, because there's a lot of things about laws, about um, just general, like how do you kind of thing. And we've met a lot, a lot of people that want to basically do Airbnb, like, and they want to get another investment house, et cetera. Some of them are able to do it through QM, some of them are able to do it through non-QM, but it's kind of cool to have the non-QM product to discuss Mm -hmm. with them, to give them options, and then figure out whether they're QM or non-QM, but it works really well. And then just literally last week, I got invited. Um, It was through, it was a title company here in Denver, but they were sponsoring a CE class for realtors that was Airbnb 101. And they found me because a I do, I do business with the title company, but um, they know that I know about Airbnb. So they literally for free let me on as the sponsor, like the lender sponsor. And I got time in front of 83 realtors that I don't know um, that were from this title company basically to where I got to talk about my experience with Airbnb. Oh, hey, by the way, I also got three minutes where I got to promote my business and this week alone, I now have five appointments with realtors um, that I, again, just don't know who they are, Um, but it was because of Airbnb, them knowing that me getting on this thing and then basically promoting the business on the title company's continuing education thing that they did for
0: the realtors. It's amazing it's absolutely amazing but it's great it's it's good to hear you put yourself out there you know and the other thing that that that's hitting home with me with everything that you're saying is you're real you're a real person you know what i mean and you you show that you care about people and i think that's why people you know once they understand is why that's why they gravitate towards mortgage brokers more
1: absolutely i mean i think that like i said you can't just be mortgage 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 you're you need to be a real person you need to connect with them. You need to show them that you have a life, et cetera, that you understand these things. And I think people want to work with people that will get them.
0: 100%. And they,
1: they're not going to feel ostracized if they bring something up like, oh, I have bad credit or, oh, I have this going on or I have this marital issue or something like that. Like, cool. You know, that's normal. Right. <laughs> and I'm yeah. a normal guy. So, you know, I get it kind of thing is is is, is I think, what you need to present on social media.
0: Perfect. Perfect. All right. So you've given us, Mike, you've given us a ton of great content here, a ton of great things to think about. A lot of great advice here. So to kind of close this all out, I've been asking this a ton. Um, It, question of the week, but it's the same question every time. <laughs> what advice would you like to maybe give to our community or or if it's someone new coming up? I mean, I'll probably tailor this a little bit more to you if you can. Uh, for someone new kind of just in the business, we'll say less than two, three years in the broker business. Now, I know you've had a ton of experience before, but even somebody, what what advice would you give them? What's your, what's your words of wisdom to them?
1: So number one is I know that a lot of people are grappling with Do I work for a brokerage or do I start my own broker shop? Okay. And I've actually gotten some messages from the Brokers Are Better community um, asking, hey, what, how did you, right? Like, how Mm -hmm. did you do it? How were you successful in being able to do it? And I'm happy fielding those questions. I just want to make sure that kind of my advice, my general advice is do it if and when you're ready. Don't rush it. Right. So if you're still learning, if you still need to learn a little bit more about how does comp work, if you need to learn about how do you pay processors, do you do contract processing, not what's your tech stack, like all of those things, I think are homework that people should do know how expensive things are or are not what things work together, et cetera, before just kind of spinning off, opening up their own brokerage and just kind of going off, right? Like I think it's doable. I think it's really is a great opportunity for everybody in our space to like have the opportunity if they would like to do it. But I do, I would caution you to do it when you're ready. I think having a strong partner to do it with um, is important, especially if you're very sales focused, make sure that you have somebody that's very compliance and or processing minutiae kind of paperwork uh, that you do it with. Otherwise it's going to quickly become a lot. Um, especially with all the needs for licensing and compliance, etc. cetera. Um, so I would really say, you know, if this is a path that you want to do, it is totally doable. This is one of the best opportunities I think that is out there, but don't rush it if you're not ready to do it.
0: You know, that's, I cannot believe you're saying this right now because I was literally just having a conversation with a broker a couple of days ago. Not going to name names, uh, but talking about how, yes, we always tell people, you know, how it's great to be a broker. Right. And it, And it truly is like I absolutely love it. But I was ready. I was ready to make that jump. And you can't rush it because what's going to happen if you rush it? You know, then there's a, there's a black mark on the broker community, you know, I mean, in terms of they maybe they weren't in compliance, maybe they didn't understand laws, rules, how to run a business, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it, and it does more harm than good. So I think, Mike, I think that's, I don't know if you were in that conversation that I had the other day, but at the end of the day, no, that's everything we were trying to hit on is just, you. we got to make sure that it's not just, oh, I want to become a broker, but you're ready, you're willing, you know, you know, as you said, your tax deck, you're your, tech stack everything your compliance so that's that's perfect
1: yeah i i doubt it was the same broker but i was having a similar conversation as well um last week and he basically started and honestly failed right because mm-hmm. he wasn't ready and he actually hired lo's kind of right out of the gate when he himself wasn't even ready as a broker owner so he basically had to hit the reset button be a broker owner where he was his own person, self-processing LO, hit the reset button. Oh, I already said that. Hit the reset button, (laughs) make sure that they had everything in order, and then basically started fresh. And he, I think actually redid his name. He has a new DBA name because he messed up. He just jumped in too fast. So make sure that you're ready. And you'll, it's, it's tough to know if, if, and when you're ready. Right. But, I think that there are certain things that you can make sure of that are important, like what are your processing, like what, what's your process, first of all, what's your tech stack, but also like if you were to add people, how do they tap into that, right? So like if you were to get another LO and you need to assign them to either a processor or a contract processor, like, but you also need to track them and you need to do a lot of the reports and those, like what's your process to do that? Is it written down? right? Like if you were to add somebody, like how would they actually know what to do? So make sure that you write all these steps down. An employee handbook is, sounds cliche, but I think it's really important to make sure you don't just download one from the interwebs. Uh, make it tailored to you and to your actual business with process written
0: down. That's great advice. Mike, thank you so much for just taking the time out of your day to do this. I know we're all extremely busy right now, but uh, you gave a ton of good insight, ton of ton of information that our community can uh, can take with them. So thank you so much.
1: Great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Mark.
0: No problem. So everyone, thanks for joining us today. Um, brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker all of our podcasts are there even our phenomenal kickoff season season one so but you can listen to all the broker to broker podcast episodes on itunes spotify Google podcasts and anywhere else where you can download podcasts. So also, please do me a favor. Please rate our podcast and leave a review. Uh, It helps us get the podcast out there and spreads the word that brokers are better. So once again, Mike, thank you. Uh, Hope you have a great 2021. I know you're going to. And uh, everyone else, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Join our Brokers Are Better Facebook group. Be a part of the Brokers Are Better movement by joining the exclusive group for A-members and independent mortgage brokers to share best practices, network, and help our community grow. Head over to Facebook and search for Brokers Are Better, select the group and click to join.